It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, glad to have you. Today's show, she's a being a brought to you in a part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's Island to get a decent pizza and an Italian meal. Hey, guess what? I'm going to be there all next week, so if you're in the area, stop by Sal's and uh, we'll have a couple of 392 scotches together. Yeah, 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 we'll do that, you know, at Sal's. And don't remember, don't forget, if you're traveling on I-95, whether you're going north or south, you can swing by Sal's. It's literally a 15-minute out-of-your-way detour, and uh, <clears throat> they got clean bathrooms there, too. So check it out, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Well, it can save you some money. It can uh, help us out. It can get you discounts. It's it's a beautiful thing. Two-way street, man. Check out Gawk Box. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino and their next boxing event, which is Friday night, part of the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, get yourself some tickets right now by visiting our website, billycboxing.com. And uh, clicking on the uh, Turning Stone Fight poster. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can pick up a copy by going to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Want to get a signed copy? Don't worry about it. Just visit our website and uh, click on the book, which <clears throat> you can't miss. Um... Coming up on today's show, I got some uh, discussion about my man, Triple G. Talking smack, uncharacteristic of uh, uh, Triple G. We'll talk about that. Um, Fun Farah. We got an update on uh, Andres Fun Farah. We got some emails. We got some sports scores. We got an update on Anthony Joshua I'm a little wondering about. Um, all of that stuff. I want to give a special shout-out to uh, all of our viewers on uh, Facebook Live. We've been experimenting with that. We did uh, some decent numbers yesterday. I just want to remind you guys, if you're watching on Facebook uh, Live, that the full television version of this show is over on our YouTube channel. Unfortunately, Facebook is only allowing us one camera, so you actually got the worst camera feed of all the cameras in the studio here. 
so if you're uh, looking to get the full video effect, uh, visit our YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, boxing, B-O-X-I-N-G, and uh, you will uh, uh, see a much more uh, video-enhanced version of the show. And uh, one other thing I want to point out, if you uh, want to interact, I do interact with Facebook, uh, but uh, we will uh, get your comments part of the show if you go into our chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com. Joining me right now from St. Simons Island is my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Bill. How are you today, my friend? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. You know, today I want to start off talking, Sal, about my man Triple G. Triple G, uh, you know, who I think is uh, one of the, uh, uh, well, I think he's the best middleweight in the world today, but I also think he's a pound-for-pound top fighter. One of the things I like about this guy is he's what I call a blue-collar type uh, fighter. You know, he he brings his lunch pal to work and gets the job done. You never hear him say much uh, except maybe big drama show i'm gonna do a big drama show you know but he's talking some smack sal um the, uh, it was announced yesterday that the triple g and uh saul canelo alvarez fight uh, will take place in las vegas on september 16th um but uh he's been talking smack like saying stuff that uh, uh about canelo like you know he should have knocked out uh, julio cesar chavez and uh, said uh, that he's in for a rude awakening. He's, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. All the things I can't stand when with fighters when they're talking smack. And considering he's come come off uh, not one but two, uh, you know, so-so performances, what do you make of it? I don't know. Maybe he's trying to sell tickets. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think he has to. But uh, bottom line is that is very uncharacteristic of Triple G. And uh, I don't think he's going to try and get into the mind uh, uh, psyche of, uh, of Canelo Alvarez. But, uh, hey, you know what? Maybe he's, uh, maybe maybe this is the twilight of his career. He's changing a few things around. Who the heck knows? Maybe he's wanted to try this for a while. This, this could be just uh, uh, him evolving or him, him taking uh, his cocoon nest off. I don't know. I don't know. You got me. I, I, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find the answer. Well... You know, uh, for uh, for me, uh, I find it uh, pretty uh, pretty strange. Um, Triple G has said that uh, uh, Canelo. It was pathetic that Canelo couldn't knock out uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who was, he referred to as a drained version of uh, uh, Chavez. He says that he's in for a rude awakening uh, when they they face off uh, in uh, September. Uh, he says that uh, uh, the matchup. Uh, uh, between them is uh, is not uh, going to be a tough fight for him. He also said that uh, Triple G, uh, Triple G said that Canelo, you know, pulling the macho, standing up between rounds for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was stupid. He said he wasn't doing anything except showing off, trying to look tough, trying to act tough, trying to look good in front of the ladies. I mean, this is all stuff that is so uncharacteristic <laughs> of, of Triple G. I, I mean, can um, I, I why is he doing it? Why is he doing it? Can I tell you something? <laughs> Come from one fighter to another. Billy, what he's saying is dead on, too. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I would be thinking. So, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to talk smack a little bit, get under the skin of uh, Camilo Alvarez. And, and, you know, I will tell you this, too. 
I don't think uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. would have withstood the barrage of punches that he did from Canelo if it was Triple G uh, on that other end of the corner uh, throwing those punches. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it is uncharacteristic, and I'm not sure what uh, the motivation is, but uh, the end result will uh, soon be discovered. Uh, September 16, 2017, another fight of the century this year. You know, we got a, we got a lot of uh, uh, comments uh, going on here in, uh, uh, on Facebook Live. Uh, which I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm doing like you, you know, I'm always yelling at you for, for uh, going in the chat room and typing while I'm trying to talk to you. And I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do all this stuff. But, uh, you know, I, already people are talking about, you know, uh, who's going to win and everything else uh, here uh, over on Facebook Live. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that I, I think, and, and we have so much time to talk about this fight. I know, I know that. You know, it's a it's a well anticipated fight. We've been wanting this fight for a long time, but the same thing, Sal. The same th- the same thing. The same thing, Sal. Uh, that I've been saying about uh, Canelo is going to be perfect for Triple G. Canelo, what do I say? His weakness. He has not improved on being able to throw punches on the move. Now, I'm not not expecting him to be a Floyd Mayweather fighter where he can. Uh, land effective punches while he's backpedaling or moving or whatever. Um, But Canelo's inability to land effective punches while he's moving is going to be the Achilles heel uh, in the uh, Triple G fight. The last thing you want to do against Triple G is give him a stationary target. I mean, the only chance that Canelo has is movement. Every single fight that we've seen that has given Triple G even just a, a little bit of trouble has been fighters that are athletic, that can move. You know, you could go back to Willie Munner Jr. Uh, for as long as that fight lasted, why Willie was able to move around, Triple G had trouble. Kel Brook, for as long as that fight lasted, you know, uh, 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 you know, he gave uh, um, Triple G a little trouble. His last fight, uh, going the distance, uh, you know, some people thought that that Danny uh, uh, Jacobs won uh, that fight because of movement and boxing. Uh, I, I think it was a close fight, but I thought Triple G won. So all of these things, Sal, point to that. If you have movement, you'll give Triple G trouble. The problem is Canelo can't effectively fight on the move. So he's going to be looking to stay in front and try and duke it out with Triple G, even though I think Canelo is a bigger fighter than Triple G. I don't think that that game plan will work. Well, I'll tell you why. You you sell it to me. I'll tell you why. It, it, it sounds very evident uh, that it might be a short night for Canelo, by the way you describe it. Now, we don't know what's in a fighter's heart or mind, and I know that Canelo Alvarez has different answers. Now, Canelo Alvarez is also in his peak years right now. He, he, he has arrived. He's here. He's at his prime. And whether he could tweak his style a little bit here or there to to offset or better his opponent, uh, you know, I, I've seen glimpses of of this, uh, his changing up his style a little bit here and there between different opponents. But to do a, a whole thing and try to outbox and move side to side and throw punches while you're moving, that's not really his format. And uh, I, I, you know, like I said. When this fight was first being discussed, I do not see this fight 
going the distance, and I do see Triple G uh, stopping Canelo Alvarez. Now, with that being said, that was years ago. Uh, I do see a better fighter in Canelo Alvarez today. I don't know what he plans on doing, his strategy, because I know if he does stand in front of Triple G, uh, it's going to be a tough night for him, I believe, because those heavy hands are just, just that. When you get hit by a heavy thudded hand, it's going to break you down, not the first punch, not the second punch, not even the third, fourth, or fifth, but over the rounds, you're going to feel, and it's going to take its toll, and that's going to be the kind of receptive uh, pain I think that Canelo Alvarez, if he stands in front of Triple G, is going to experience. Am I right? Uh, you're right, Sal. You're right. Good answer. Good answer. That's survey says. Oh yeah, no, no. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, the 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 thing is, is is you know, I, I'm sure they're telling Triple G to to say, I, listen, I'm not sure, but let's assume that they're telling Triple G, oh, you got to say this kind of stuff, you know, be out of your element. But really, does this fight have to be sold? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, do we have to try to sell tickets? This, this thing is going to sell out, man. I mean, you know, there's no question about it. The desire and the, the want from the fans, all fans, not just boxing fans, want to see this fight. I got one more comment to make, but that's good. No, don't, don't be raising your hand. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. We're going to take a I short little break. Oh, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. And that, listen, I can see, I see you, Sal. I see you, you know, just because the camera shot didn't switch over there yet. You know, we'll get you. We're going to answer your question. Sal's waving his hand right now. We're going to answer your question as soon as uh, we get back uh, from the break. So we'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that that's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching. Billy C. Show. And uh, don't forget, if you're uh, in the St. Simons Island area next week, and even if you weren't planning on being in the St. Simons Island next week, plan on being in St. Simons Island area next week because I'm going to be there. And I'd love to talk some boxing with you at Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Trust me, there'll be no better atmosphere than talking boxing uh, at Sal's where we could be stuffing our faces and uh, using Sal's bathroom. Well, no, I, I don't know why I keep saying that, Sal. But listen, before we went to break, you, you had your hand raised, Sal. What, what, what do you want? What do you want? I, I got a great, great idea. Great idea. They don't come that often, but when they do, I got to raise my hand. All right. What is it? What is it? All right. We should put out to the audience, let's think of the moniker, the, the slogan for this fight. Like like my my comeback fight was, my own self-thought was come back to reality. Let's call. Let's see who comes up with the best title, the best tagline for this fight, whether it's the night of truth or dare. Uh, may the best man win. How about 47 minutes of reality? Hello? Am I here? Yeah. I, you, 
We good, should, good, good know, one. Good answer. Good. Let's things, let's see. Right? Let's go. Let's go to the video. Is is Sal's <laughs> idea a good answer? Let's see. Right and, oh, Sal. I don't know. They've already named the fight. How much they make that target bite? I think they. <laughs> Well, uh, well, well. As much as the blind guy shooting the the bow and arrow before, that's about how much you miss. Come on, but but I, they already name. named it. They already named it. Listen, uh, my point. One last point on this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, Triple G says uh, uh, that you know uh, he being himself is the only real opponent that Canelo uh, will have faced in his career. I, that is not a true statement. I mean, I mean, listen. Yeah. I'm a fan of Triple G. I I can't stand all the naysayers of Triple G. I I love what he does. I think he's the best ring general in boxing. I think he was better than Floyd when Floyd was active. Uh, I I think that no one cuts the ring off like Triple G. No one uh, knows how to maneuver an opponent like Triple G, et cetera, et cetera. All right? But. You can't say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody. Canelo fought Mayweather. You know, Canelo fought has uh, Canelo has fought some some uh, uh, quality fighters. There's no question about that. I mean, Canelo is not an easy opponent for Triple G. No, he's this, not. This he's is a, not. It's a good fight. I like the matchup. Canelo's going to be bigger, Sal, uh, than Triple G. So? Triple G has not looked good in his last couple of fights, and if he doesn't get back on track. And something Dax had said uh, several weeks back, a month or so, uh, you know, before the actually two months ago, before the last fight of Triple G, is that they're doing something with Triple G during his training, where um, you know he's always getting sick before the training. He's always something's always, always happening always, that they got they got to stop. They got to stop. You know, he's got to focus on this fight, not trying to sell tickets. They don't need to sell tickets, Sal. I think, and I hate to say man. this, I hate to say this, but I think that Triple G needs to shut up and do what he does. This is not a time to change his persona, his actions, his preparation for a fight. This guy needs to do what he does. What's your thoughts? Well, exactly right. This is not the time where you, you start to come up with different ideas and this and that, how to do this. Whether he gets sick a couple of weeks before a fight or what, I don't know what the story is, but the bottom line is he shouldn't change too much other than just uh, his mentality, his mindset, and his mind frame. He's got to go out there like the destroyer. You know, we, we try to question. We try to find the answer. We try to look at why does a fight take place uh, along these lines? Why does a fighter think that? And, you know, the bottom line is who knows what Triple G is going through right now. I do know he's in his twilight of his career. I do know that he only has maybe one to three good fights in him left, uh, uh, according to what we've seen in the past. Now, could this have been a facade? Could this have been something that he wanted to lull uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez into complacency to feel like he could fight him and beat him? Uh, bottom line is, don't forget, he did win those fights against Daniel Jacobs and against Kel Brook, and he did stop Kel Brook with, with breaking his cheekbone uh, or eye socket, whatever it was, uh, before the 10th round. And I think, you know, that says a lot, too. This guy's got power. This guy's got determination. And even when he looked bad, he's still good enough to beat the top world-class opponents out there. So I think right now he's got to focus. He's got to get his head on. And he's got to go right to the, the meat of the matter and uh, 
put the blinders on, I the tiger, this guy knows what he's doing, he's a consummate professional, and I don't think we're going to see anything less than a stellar Triple G the night of that fight. He's got 90, he's, he's got three months to, to prepare for this fight. 18, you know, I thought he wanted. Well, no, that's, that's Billy Joe Saunders oh, needs Billy 18 Joe to prepare. But, you know, you say, who knows? I say this, who knows? The shadow the knows. The shadow knows. But, uh, no, I, listen, they, they are stepping into the uh, uh, T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. It will be uh, the last time uh, Canelo actually fought there when he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. They broke a record at that fight. Uh, for uh, the most fans ever watching a live boxing event in Las Vegas, uh, considering wow. all the big names that fought in Vegas, uh, they broke the record with uh, seating more than 20,000. I would assume that, uh, you know, Canelo uh, Triple G is going to uh, bring in uh, more than 20,000. So we'll see uh, a, uh, a new record there. Uh, and uh, you, you, you could make a good point that uh, they are the uh, uh, top two uh, fighters uh, in the sport today, name recognition-wise and talent-wise. But uh, anyway, Triple G, Canelo coming in September, will be in Las Vegas. And I just think that uh, Triple G needs to shut the F up and uh, just focus on this fight. I, I just don't think that he needs to change his persona at this stage of the game. He's already... Uh, uh, who he is, you know, and, and if, if they're telling him to do this, I think they're making a mistake. But uh, speaking of a mistake, I think that Andre Fonfara made a huge mistake by uh, choosing Virgil Hunter as his trainer. Yesterday, I, I uh, got into uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, negativity about Virgil Hunter. Nothing about the man personally, but just his training techniques. Yes, he's successful with Andre Ward. Show me another fighter that he's successful with. Um, you know, I, they interviewed Fonfara. Fonfara says he can't remember what happened uh, at all uh, after the first round. Uh, he says, but I trust Virgil Hunter. He says, I know it's his job to protect me. His decision to stop the fight was the right one. He was trying to protect me. I, you know, I, I got, uh, there was a comment uh, that I saw somewhere on uh, one of the uh, uh, interaction uh, with the show and somebody criticized me uh, about suggesting that Virgil Hunter was a bad trainer. And his reason was that, what did you want him to do? He's trying to protect his fighter. Well, I say this, Sal. If Virgil Hunter was really trying to protect his fighter, and if he was really a good trainer, he would have did what a guy like Buddy McGirt would have done. You stop the fight in between the round. If your fighter can't stand up, if you're telling your fighter, if you're giving your fighter instruction... And the instruction is, hey, don't don't throw any punches in the second round. Try and get your legs together. Then you, you this guy shouldn't even be going out. If you're a good trainer, you keep him on the stool and you say, tomorrow's a new day, kid. Don't send him out there to take a few more shots when he can't even move. He's stumbling around uh, like I stumble after a bottle and a half of scotch and the trainer still sends him out there to fight. I think that that was stupid. What do you think? Well, you know, we weren't there. <clears throat> so only Virgil Hunter and uh, Funfara really know the truth of that matter. Bottom line is, if he was that concerned, he may have seen dilated bl blood pupils, I mean uh, eye pupils. He may have seen, uh, uh, he may have seen signs that obviously, if he doesn't remember, the guy had a concussion. But why send him uh, out? I my, know. My I know. point and, is, and, and that's you know, just the I, whole thing too. Yeah, but, uh, it was inevitable. If he knew it was that severe. 
Yeah, if but he Sal, came back on that stool, Sal, he was the, out on his feet. Sal, the yeah, defense. Listen, wait a minute. The defense of Virgil Hunter right now is he's trying to protect his fighter. That's yeah, what okay. all of the 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 the, the you know the the Kool Aid drinking uh, fans that believe whatever you know some of these guys say, uh, they're gonna say, well, he was protecting his fighter. He did the right thing. No, if his fighter was that bad off that he's telling his fighter not to throw a punch, try and get your legs under you. Don't send him out. Agreed. Agreed. Right? Don't it's send him out. Bad. Like I said, if he saw he was out on his feet, if those uh, eye, uh, eye pupils were dilated, if he was totally incoherent, uh, and obviously he could be, he didn't know where it was uh, or what was going on, yeah, you do not send him out for another round to get a beating. You know, I, I mean, and... and who was that? We weren't there. Well, no, we weren't there. We but weren't there, but that, you know what, you know what, I, that, it's a decision that you make, and you're right, we weren't there, but what we did see was the facts were the facts. He yeah. barely made it out of the first round. As a matter of fact, the first time I watched the fight, when it was live, I thought that the referee waved it off, because I didn't hear the bell sound or anything like that, no. and then he sends them to their respective corners. In the corner, you got your fighter a minute to try and recover. Fonfaro was trying to bounce around and get his legs. He obviously, we didn't have the can, the uh, mic in there, but he obviously said, I don't have my legs, blah, blah, blah. You know, as a, a good trainer, the first thing you do is check on the condition of your fighter. If your fighter is not able to continue while he's sitting on the stool, the guy doesn't know where he is. His eyes are all glossy like you're suggesting that, you know, only Virgil Hunter. Then don't send him out. I don't want to hear that he was protecting his fighter after he sent him out. Come on. Listen, Virgil Hunter, Virgil Hunter is overrated. He's overrated. A defensive guru? Fonfaro didn't, there wasn't one punch he didn't take on the face that uh, Stevenson threw. And Stevenson isn't a sharp shooter. Come on. No. No, you're right. He was blocking those punches. He was blocking with his chin. With his chin, he was. He was using <laughs> the face. Just, yeah, you know, if if, if if Virgil hey, Hunter... that was my style sometimes. I thought they'd wear to break the hand on my face or something, you know? I'll tell you right now, Virgil Hunter, I guess his best... Hey, listen, you want to defend punches? Real easy. Just yeah, use your chin. Use your chin. Just, just go chin. face first. Use your face. You know, that's how you... You know, you want to be a great defensive fighter? Go face first. Let them punch the hell out of your face and, and tire them out. Maybe they break the hand on your chin. Maybe they tire themselves out. You know, then you go after. Come on, man. Come on, man. I don't want I don't want to hear that Virgil Hunter was doing the right thing for his fighter. No. The right thing for his fighter would have been to keep him on his stool if that were the case. If his fighter was in that much jeopardy where he tells his guy not to throw a punch, I've never heard such a ridiculous no, no, thing. No, no, no. That, that that right there, you know, hey, I could see, hey, dance around him, stay away. Uh, keep that jab out. Avoid, uh, you know, put some defense up there. Move. Get your legs underneath you. Don't engage in anything seriously. Feel yourself gathering together and uh, get 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 back in there. Take this round off and just move around and and, and use your arms and to uh, Angela, tie them up and do this other stuff. And, and you know, those are the instructions you get. Tie them up. Move around. Do this. Do that. Tie them up. Say, Don't right. throw any punches. Tie them <laughs> up. Move around. Use your jab. Use the whole ring. You know, Angelo Dundee was was always saying that. He's a master. We got to take him. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I got to hold, hold my thought. 
Well, you, I got to hold something else. But uh, listen, uh, we got to take a short break. And uh, okay. when we come back, we'll finish this discussion. I got some emails to read. We got some news to talk about. We might even open up the phone lines. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. And uh, before we went to break, uh, Sal and I were, we'll were discussing. Right uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sal and I were discussing uh, the whole uh, fiasco in the corner where actually. During the uh, in between the first and second round for Andre Fonfara's uh, knockout loss to Adonis Stevenson this past weekend, and quite frankly, Sal, um, the bottom line is, you know, if you think your fighter's in trouble and you think that his wits are about him, but his legs aren't, that's the only time you take a chance and you send a fighter out. And like you suggested, you tell him tie him up. Dance around, keep your jab in his face to keep him away. It's called, you know, it's called distance fighting. You know, keep, keep, keep your jab out there, keep him away from you. You know, he's going to come after you. Mode. Yeah, he's going to tell you. He's going to come after you. He knows you're hurt. But this is only if your fighter's got the wits about him. It was clear right. that Von Farah did not have his wits about him. He can't even remember what happened after the first knockdown in the fight. You know, if you know your fighter. If you really know your fighter. Now, Virgil Hunter obviously knows Andre Ward because he's worked with Andre Ward so much. But does he really know Andre Fonfara? And obviously, in my opinion, he didn't. And what does he no. do? He sends him out. And, and, and then, yes, he stepped up on the apron and stopped the fight after uh, the anticipated attack of uh, Stevenson on Fonfara. Uh, he, he stand up and then... The, you know, all the Kool-Aid drinkers say, oh, he protected his fighter. No, he didn't protect his fighter. He shouldn't have even sent him out there. That was terrible. Bad, bad move by Hunter. I, I think Hunter is the most overrated trainer in boxing. What do you think? Well, you know, it's hard to say, Bill. We, we've seen this before. We've seen a, a, a stellar fighter who evolves with a stellar trainer. And sometimes you got to wonder what came first, the chicken or the egg. And many mm. times... The fighter's got the talent. Many times the trainer helps cultivate that talent. But when you have a, 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 a union like that, it doesn't mean it's a fit for every model of fighter. Uh, and if Virgil Hunter had that success with Andre Ward, it doesn't necessarily mean that it can cross over to another fighter. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 it's something that... Uh, we see over and over again. We see trainers that have had success with big name fighters try to solve the problems or be the troubleshooter or be the the uh, definitive trainer in the corner of other fighters, and it just never really pans out that as successful as what the original reputation of the trainer has has gotten. So I think that uh, in all defense of, of that understanding. That, yeah, some trainers have a perfect fit with some fighters. They're not an end-all to cure-all to mend-all. I like that. End-all to cure-all to mend-all. 
Let's remember that. Listen, you. listen, you're right. I think. Um, I, you know the the truth. The truth of the matter is, <laughs> hey, I'm the truth, every day, man. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, but no, I the truth. Right. The truth of the matter is, is that throughout the history of the sport, there's been a lot of great trainer fighter combos that have been successful. The one that comes to my mind first, because I knew them personally, and and well, I knew Kevin more, but Kevin Rooney and Mike Tyson, you know, yeah. those two guys together were unbeatable. As a matter of fact, they never lost. You know, when they separated, neither one of them were successful after. Now, you could argue that Mike Tyson still uh, went on to regain a title and still had wins, et cetera, et cetera, but he was certainly not the same fighter. And Kevin Rooney... As much as I love the guy and as, uh, you know, much as friends we are, I'll never forget going to his gym in Catskill and watching him go through the routine of training fighters and every fighter in that gym, regardless of their weight division, their height, their reach, their style physically, you know, uh, if they were short and, you know, fat like me, or if they were tall and skinny like, well, not like Sal, but, uh, you know, like Tommy Hearns, they all... They all were doing the same routine. They were all, you know, bobbing and weaving and ducking and crouching and fighting like Mike Tyson. You know, that's called, and Kevin, you know, I love you, but that's called a one-dimensional trainer. He was lucky that he got uh, Mike Tyson. Virgil Hunter, he's had Andre Ward. Obviously, a great fit. These two guys have not lost together in the amateurs or the pros. However... And, and and the whole mental aspect. You know, Virgil Hunter thinks he's this guru, this Zen master, you know. And obviously, uh, his Zenning, if that's a word, worked for Andre Ward. It obviously didn't do you-know-what to for Fonfara, you know. Um, there's been many other trainers. Teddy, uh, Freddie Roach is another great example. You know, Manny Pacquiao and Freddie Roach, great combo. Freddie Roach and other fighters? Eh, I think no, he's a he's so another good. overrated. You know, the guy who I think is a good trainer, I, I mean, listen, I've always been, not that he pays me or anything, but Buddy McGirt is a great trainer, underrated trainer. Uh, yes, another I good do. one is is um, Diaz, you know, uh, yeah. or, or um, uh, Garcia uh, is another really good uh, trainer. You know, he, uh, he, you know, any trainer that can go and, and take a fighter and highlight their 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 you know innate abilities, their natural abilities, and, and capitalize and create a game plan to utilize that is a good trainer. A guy that goes through the motions and trains everybody the same way is not. What's your thoughts, Sal? Thanks. I was going to raise my hand. Well, it just goes to show again one of the stellar, one of the one of the greatest trainers ever to step in a ring who had success with multiple champions, at least two that we know are household names, was Angelo Dundee. What he did for Muhammad Ali and what he did for Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, there's probably not going to be too many uh, trainers in the history of the world. that. Uh, I mean, uh, those were, were brilliant fighters. Uh, Muhammad Ali, we don't have to say anything. All you need to know is Muhammad Ali. Sugar Ray Leonard had a stellar career. Well, you know, guided in tutelage of uh, Angelo Dundee. Now, the fighters do have the raw talent and ability, and Angelo would probably hone in 
and uh, cultivate or, or gear them and, and, you know, just guide them a little bit here or there to make sure they accentuate their assets and their, their, their talent in the best way they could. And uh, so, and you know, like I said, when a fighter has confidence in their trainer, that's half the fight right there, boys and girls. I mean, you got to have confidence. you got to know when you go back to that corner that whatever comes out of that trainer's mouth is golden and you should listen. Well, I agree with that, and that's a whole other ball game. If if you're a trainer, whole other level. Yeah. Well, well, if you are a trainer and you have a fighter that's not listening to what you say, <laughs> get rid of them because you know you're yeah, never really. you know. Um, but uh, anyway, I got some emails to read. Uh, first and foremost, let's uh, get some. Uh, there was a couple of baseball games and uh, and another hockey game. Stanley Cup uh, series is going on right now. The Stanley Cup championship. And the Predators beat the Penguins 4-1 to to even that series at two games apiece. It looked like the Penguins were on their way to another uh, Stanley Cup victory. Uh, you know, uh, whole Stanley Cup, I should say. And uh, the Predators say no. <laughs> they won the last two straight. So uh, that series is tied at two, to, two apiece. Wow. Best of seven Stanley be. Cup. Uh, we'll see what wow. happens there. In baseball, the Reds topped the Cardinals four to two. The Phillies beat the Braves eleven to four. The Giants over the Brewers seven to two. The Cubs beat the Marlins three to one. The Astros, you know, the Marlins can't beat any team except the Mets. Uh, the Astros, the Astros are a good team, man. I'd be nervous if I uh, was ready to face the uh, Houston Astros. They beat the Royals seven to three. The Nationals, another tough team, beat the Dodgers four to two. And the A's topped the Blue Jays five to three. Uh, we got an email. Let's read the first one, Sal. It's from uh, my man Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. And Sal, I agree that Stevenson is not great and needs to stop saying that. He must fight uh, next either Kovalev, Ward, Alvarez, uh, or maybe Smith Jr., or maybe some upcomers in uh, Olandia, uh, uh, Alexander uh, Godzvik, uh, Beater Beef, Barrera, or Bivol. He can't say or think he's great until he fights those top fighters. Credit to Stevenson, he does have good power and some boxing ability, but he's yet to display it against top guys. Von Farah needs to retire, but I think the ref should have given him more of a chance in the second round. Horrible defense. Yeah, well, horrible defense. He hired Virgil Hunter to teach him defense, and you're right, Jesse, horrible. Uh, as far as, you know, a lot of times, most of the time I agree with Jesse, Sal. You know, but again, you know, Stevenson is a guy that's saying he's the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Those are his words. The greatest light heavy, heavy, light heavyweight. I'm sorry. Light heavyweight of all time, which is a complete joke. Um, yeah, but the, the names, I mean, listen, there's only really in, 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 to say you're the greatest light heavyweight. There's only one fight that he has to have, and that's for him to fight the winner of Kovalev Ward too. Anything short of that uh, and and what they're going to hide behind is, <coughs> excuse me, is the Alvarez fight. They're going to say, oh, well, he's a mandatory by the WBC. So I could see that fight. But no one else should be thrown in the mix except for one of those three fighters, in my opinion. What do you think, Sal? I think you're 100% right. And I think uh, at least two of those three fighters will easily beat Stevenson. Not easily, I, but they'll be. No, easily. Easily. Okay, easily. Because, bing, 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 because bing, 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 Kovalev and Ward, <laughs> it, it, listen, and and Alvarez showed us this past Saturday night that all three of those guys can go to distance. They can go 12 rounds. 
they can put a game plan together that's going to let them last 12 rounds, all right? Stevenson has not shown us that. His last distance fight was against Sergio Bica, and that was just an ugly fight. They've been cherry-picking his opposition. He goes in there, balls to the wall, goes for the knockout. He, no one's going to deny that Stevenson has punching power. He does. He's in there with guys that he could just go in there and blast out quickly. Stevenson will be huffing and puffing after six rounds. He does not beat any of those three fighters. Kovalev, Ward, or even Alvarez. He does not beat them. It's going to be interesting to see what his team does for uh, him in his next fight and how much more step-aside money they're going to be paying Alvarez. Alvarez has made, I said this yesterday, Sal, Alvarez has made more money as step-aside money than he has fighting in the ring. Well, what's your thoughts on that? That's amazing. That You know, I, oh boy. Well, that's why he steps aside. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, he might as well be doing the two-step. That, that's a new, we should call that a new dance, the step-aside money dance, you know. But, uh, I know, right? Yeah, anyway. Step aside. <laughs> uh, Jesse says, uh, I'd like to see Dmitry Kutuzov, uh against Marco Captain Huck, uh, Gassiev, uh, Makabu. Uh, for his next fight, what do you think? Um, yeah, you know, uh, Hark, Marco Captain Huck uh, really uh, let me down and all his fans and really the cruiserweight division by just just losing. I, it looks like he lost interest in the in the sport, um, or maybe he just wasn't as good as we thought. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with any of those fights. He says, uh, 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 Monsery. Uh, 47 wins, impressive, but the guy has fought and but the guys he's fought in are not so great. He's talking about uh, uh, Menoyothin, the uh, straw weight, minimum weight uh, fighter, which uh, you were right, Sally. He's uh, 103 pounds, I think, is the uh, weight limit. Yesterday when we were talking off air, I, I totally blew that one. What did I say, 112 or something? But, uh, um, yeah, uh, Menoyothin, uh, 47-0. and 0. Uh, you know, you can't blame him for his level of opposition, to be honest with no, you, because no, you in can't. that in that weight division, the, the pickings are so slim. He still won all the fights, and uh, the guy he fought uh, this past weekend to get to number 47 was actually ranked at number four uh, in his sanctioning body. So he's at least fighting, you know, top ten guys like you're supposed to when you defend. So, I, listen, the only time you can criticize fighters – regardless of the era they fight in, is when there's an opponent for them that they don't fight. If there's a guy available that they don't fight, it's called ducking. There's been many fighters that have done that, uh, you know, pound-for-pound pound guy, top guy, Floyd Mayweather is one of them. You know, he uh, has fought some great names, but he's picked them at the perfect time. You know, he has not fought the best guys in the division, and this has been going on for the last 10 years. You know, that's where criticism can be. You can't criticize Hagler. You can't criticize Hearns. They fought each other. You know, Sugar Ray, Leonard, Roberto Duran, they all fought each other. Like you say all the time, Sal, round robins in, Robin. in a sense. So, you know, you can't blame heavyweights when they fought in a weak division. It's not their fault. As long as they fought everybody that was available to them uh, while they were champion or on their way up, you can't criticize. And uh, Menayothan is that guy. You can't criticize uh, him for not fighting anyone because he seemingly has fought uh, everyone uh, that's available to him in that light division. I mean, let's face it, my leg could make that division, Sal. Absolutely. 
<laughs> no, I mean, what are you I saying? Know. What are you saying, Sal? You calling me a fat bastard? Come on. That isn't right. That's not right, calling me a fat bastard. Come on, man. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's what you were insinuating. But wait a minute. That's that's a fire, right? No, no, anyway. Uh, we, got, uh, we got another email. I might even open up the phone lines here in a minute, Sal. But uh, I got another email. This one's from my man, Joel, who happens to be in the chat room right now. Remember, if you're watching or listening uh, on uh, a stream or, or on TV and you want to interact, um, you know, check out the BillyCBoxing.com uh, chat room because that's the chat room that uh, we uh, comment on. And uh, there's a lot of good, uh, knowledgeable people in that chat room right now. So uh, check it out. Go visit it right now. Uh, all you need is a Twitter or uh, Facebook account, and you can log right in. So, And speaking of Facebook, we're happy uh, to have the people that are uh, watching us on Facebook Live. It is an experiment that we've been doing all week. And uh, I will tell you, I like it. I like it. It's a little delayed. It, the, the video version that you're watching on Facebook Live is not the same as what they're watching on TV or in uh, YouTube. Uh, it's just not the same. So if you're looking for a more video-enhanced, quicker, you know, faster response, I know there's some delays on Facebook. That's not us. That's Facebook. So uh, check out the YouTube channel uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the real version. Anyway, uh, Joel says, uh, I was wondering if you guys saw the pro debut of Tony Yoka uh, in Fr France on Friday. He blasted out a club fighter, Travis Clark, in two rounds. He won the gold medal at the Olympic Games in the super heavyweight division uh, this past summer. Do you guys see him having the same success as Anthony Joshua uh, is having, or do you think it's still too early to tell? He's promoted by Ringstar Promotion, who's run by Richard Schaefer, and he's trained by your buddy, Virgil Hunter. Uh, he says, wow. uh, I would like to see him do well, as I feel France doesn't have huge names in boxing. Uh, though it uh, is very tough to eclipse the popularity and success Anthony Joshua has uh, coming into his uh, pro debut back in 2013. Um, well, first of all, since he's got Virgil Hunter as a uh, trainer, uh, you know we'll have to wait and see. But the one thing I will say, uh, Virgil Hunter got uh, Andre Ward early in his career, and he seemingly has um, uh, Tony... Uh, uh, or uh, Tony uh, Yoka early in his career. So uh, we'll see uh, how well he does. But as far as Tony Yoka, he's impressive. Uh, he's he's 1-0 now. He made his pro debut, and people were talking about uh, Virgil Hunter going from France to uh, to the fight for uh, Von Farah this past weekend, and this is why he was in France uh, for their fight on Friday. Um, Tony Yoka, in case you missed it, he's uh, 25 years old. A big guy, six foot seven, weighs in around two hundred and forty pounds, uh, just like Anthony Joshua physically. Uh one and oh now. He's got an eighty two inch reach. He um you know, I think he shows promise. The guy he fought is more than just a club fighter, although I, I, I think that um I I think that Joel was kind of right, but Travis Clark was undefeated twelve and oh. Uh you know, granted all twelve of his fights were against uh <clears throat> You know, cupcakes uh, or or guys that ate a lot of them, uh, but he was twelve and zero, six foot one, giving up uh, half a foot uh, to Yoka. Uh, he was thirty eight years old, uh, got into the second round before he was stopped. Uh, yeah, I think the bottom line, Sal, we need to keep an eye on Tony Yoka, and uh, like uh, like Joel, I, I think it would be cool to have uh, uh, a uh, prominent French 
heavyweight. I, I mean, when was the last French heavyweight uh, uh, Carpentier back in? The, I mean, really, I can't think of of any other prominent French fighters. Can you? Was that Jean Paul Carpentier? I'm talking about heavyweights. I know Jean Paul Carpentier. No, no, I, I Carpentier, was... yeah, but I'm saying since yeah. him, any others? Since I know, I can't think of anything. French fry, French. I don't know. French I can't. Fry. No, Marcel Sardin was a middleweight. That's right. <laughs> I can't think of too many French fighters. Period. Think of French fries, you say. <laughs> Come on, man. That isn't right. Did you say French fries? You French said French fighter. fries. You said I oh. could think of French fries, and I'm like, French fries? What are you talking about? You know. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Tony Yoka, a guy to keep an Tony eye on. Tony Yoka. Right? right? We got to keep... And that's Bound no Yoka. That's yeah, no Yoka either, you know? No, let's, uh, let's definitely keep our eyes on him. We'll keep an eye on him. Um, speaking of Anthony Joshua, speaking of Anthony Joshua, what a segue. Jeez, how, do, how does this happen how like this? You, man, you how, said that played up just fine. I mean, man. how, I how does it happen? You're brilliant. I mean, do you think that, you know, the fact that I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and prepare for this show, you think that has anything to do with it? You know, I, I, mean, I mean, you know, because uh, what a great segue into, into what I'm going to say right now. And talking about, speaking of Anthony Joshua. What you know, do you got on Anthony Joshua? Let's imagine that. He's the next thing I want to talk about, you know. Uh, Anthony Joshua, who I think is the best heavyweight in boxing today. And... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with his career for himself. But the one thing, you know, as he moves forward, but the one thing I would think with Anthony Joshua, and he seemingly has done everything correctly, Sal, um, but the one thing that I I'm wondering about him is this next move. He should be focused. I mean, a young guy like that should be focused on his boxing career. He's a world champion. Is he or is he not going to fight Klitschko for the rematch? Is he or is he not going to fight Deontay Wilder? Or should I say, is Deontay Wilder going to man up and fight him? Um, you know, who knows? But but it was announced yesterday that um, Anthony Joshua is now uh, in the management and promotion business um, as he is uh, uh, involved now with 2016 uh, Olympic bronze medalist uh, Joshua uh, Butassi. Uh, who uh, uh, is now being uh, managed uh, by both Anthony Joshua and uh, promoter Eddie Hearn. Uh, Batusi is uh, 24 years old. He's going to make his uh, a pro debut in July. Um, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm just, what's your thoughts on a, on a fighter that's so involved in his career now, active career, where he's defining what I think is going to be a legacy, and all of a sudden he, he he starts to be a manager. And let's face it, the role of a manager is to advise and to help move along a fighter's career. How can he be doing that when he should be focusing on his own career, Sal? Well, you you hit it right on the head. You know what? Time after time after time, it proves not that you can't multitask. It's not that you can't do two things at once. But when you are the heavyweight champion of the world and you're in your prime or, or accelerating to become your, your, your prime, in your prime, you do not deviate from the course that you're taking and take on another uh, fighter or another person to manage their career, or do promoting, do that. That's what you do in the twilight years of your career or when you retire from boxing. Now it's all about Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua should be strategizing and worrying about his own 
uh, that moves along the boxing fame and line as far as being the, the stellar definitive world champion, heavyweight champion. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I like that too much. Yeah, me neither. I, I think. Uh, you know, I, well, I'm, you know what I mean. I'm, now I'm running out of words to say. I'm, I'm speechless. Oh, that's well, you, you. You better go see to a doctor if you're speechless. You better go to a. But no, I, I agree with you, man. I, I think that. I mean, what, what is he thinking about? What are you doing, Danton? Come on, man. Open the phone line. Get Anthony Josh on the phone. Listen, the funny thing is, is that all fighters today. They become promoters. It's the business Uh-oh. of boxing. And, and listen, before all you guys start emailing me, oh, Billy, she, it's the business. I, I don't want to hear it. I've been in this business over 30 years. I know the boxing business, right? I don't need some fan to, to tell me, uh, yeah. you know, that making it like I'm, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, hello? No, I get it. But my point is, is when you're a special fighter like Anthony Joshua is, you should be focusing on your career. And Sal, you know how the boxing business is in terms of a fighter your career is short-lived out of any other you know a professional athlete their career the span of that career is shorter than anything else right well you're 100 right and those were the famous words that chicky ferrara shared with me at the blarney stone right around the corner where we used to train in gleason's gym on 30th street and 8th avenue and uh, he said hey kid i'm gonna tell you right now you got a few short years to make it or break it you're a commodity and you know what? We're around here forever. The trainers, the managers, the promoters, we're going to use you. We're going to work with you. And if you work out, that's great. We're going to ride the horse until it quits. And then uh, if you don't make it, boom, we got another one around the corner. So, I mean, that was the dose of reality that I was told by the famous Chicky Ferraro, who I love as a trainer. Great guy. One of the and, first. And, uh, but, he, but so true. So no, true. You've he's... got a few short years. In that span, you've got to attain and achieve greatness. And at least be on top of your game. Guess what? De La Hoya, I give him all the credit in the world. Oscar De La Hoya, he waited till after he retired, till after he had that last fight. And then he branched out into, to remain in boxing and still be at the top of his game as a promoter, as a manager, as an advisor. He's doing a great job. And so, so, you know what? And so I'll give credit to Floyd. He's doing the same thing. Hey, Sal, let's Absolutely. take a short break. Yeah, I did say that. I did give some credit to Floyd. You know, I'm proud. Of you. I, you know, I just, <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like silence. Every everybody, everybody, everybody that know, everybody, say. everybody that knows your name, just, what, did, did he just give credit to Floyd? What's going on? Well, poor Billy C. I think he's losing his mind. But anyway, oh. uh, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, maybe we'll open up the phone line. So uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, also with us today, or I should say with me today, that makes us, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. 
And uh, yeah, I, I I did state it. I know, I know you uh, just uh, texted me and said, uh, "Are you okay? What, what are you What are you giving Floyd uh, props for?" But but it is true. He did uh, he did start. Whoa! What a what a mug you got there, huh? Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, one mug to another. I guess, I guess that's a pretty good looking mug, and uh, you sold a bunch of those mugs, uh, handmade Billy C mugs uh, by Sal Rocky Senecola, and there's the, the the big size, you know. And uh, he, uh, I heard you. Uh, oh, the man, the myth, the le- I heard you uh, fill the one up, right? How do you fill it? I do. Uh, you know, I fill it. I do this. They, 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 they drink. And, and you know it's Billy to Billy. You can feed one and you got to give it. You got to give it. I got to get to the mouth. I'm, I'm pouring it on your mustache. Hey, listen. Let's uh, open up the phone lines. Uh, anybody that's got a question, comment, or concern, I want to focus on the Triple G talking smack uh, about uh, Canelo or even the Virgil Hunter debate that we're having. Uh, give us a call. The phone line is open. Eight four five two two eight. Eight seven one zero. Let us know what you think uh, about that stuff. Eight four five two two eight eight seven one zero. We're only going to take one caller at a time, so uh, give us a shout. Let us know what you think. Uh, some other things in boxing. And by the way, don't forget to tune in tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. We're going to have uh, uh, boxing hall of famer as usual, Larry Hazard. We'll have him uh, come on, and I'm going to put him on the spot. And uh, ask him some uh, point blank questions about uh, uh, Virgil Hunter and uh, and and the way that fight was stopped. Uh, maybe even uh, the judging. I know uh, Larry's always uh, adamant about uh, poor referees and judges, uh, being the New Jersey State Athletic Commissioner. And uh, that one fight, the Jean Pascal uh, Alvarez fight, the one judge having at one fourteen, one fourteen was a, was a travesty. So uh, we'll wow. see about that. Uh, and uh, we also have our blast from the past tomorrow, Sal. One of your favorite fighters, The Rock, Rocky Graziano, the oh, former man. Uh, middleweight uh, I world champion. About Rocky. I, I, I'm telling you, I can tell you, I, I knew Rocky very well, spent time with him. And that's how I got my name, Rocky. I'll would tell you, you. Would I'll you tell you that whole story. Would you I'll spend, talk about tomorrow, right spend here, time with him in, uh, in the slammer or what? What do you mean you spent easy, time with easy. him? You know, I love this story. Real, about, what was I, his real name? Uh, Rocky uh, Barbera. Barbera, like yeah. Well, I like Barbera. the uh, I like the story. He says, ah, when I was a kid, I used to steal. I only used to steal stuff that began with an A, a truck, <laughs> a car, a horse, a dog. You know. <laughs> you know? But uh, anyway, uh, give us a call. What's your thoughts on Triple G talking smack or this whole Virgil Hunter debate? Eight four five two two eight eight seven one zero. We're uh, not going to throw it out there one more time. So, uh, uh, anyway, uh, my man Coach in the chat room. Hey, Coach, send me that link uh, for the uh, uh, Yoka fight. I'd like to see it. Uh, if you can, I'd appreciate it. Email it to me. I know he uh, put it up in the. Uh, uh, I know he put it up in the uh, chat room, but uh, I'm curious to see uh, that uh, that fight. So uh, let me know, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys on Facebook. Uh, we're uh, broadcasting Facebook Live. It seems like uh, that stream, uh, Facebook, uh, because of the traffic that Facebook has, that stream is just so delayed. Man, I, you guys, if you can even hear me, uh, come on over to the other one. But uh, uh, some other uh, news. Remember uh, Leon Lawson, uh, the uh, uncle 
who sucker punched yes. uh, Jose Yugles. Uh, uh, well, let's just you, call him you. Call him uh, you. On the Showtime thing, I mean, that, that was a, uh, that was terrible. Uh, well, uh, you know, he was at large. This guy was, you know, I was waiting to see his picture in the post office, you know. Um, but uh, they finally, uh, he got a lawyer. And you know what bothers me about this situation, Sal? They waited so long to do something about it. I really think that they didn't think that anything was going to happen, that this would just blow over. But he got himself a lawyer. His lawyer, uh, um, you know, uh, recommended that he turn himself in which he did on uh, Friday. And uh, he is sentenced, or uh, he, uh, let me rephrase that. He is set to stand trial uh, for the charges in August, August 16th, uh, in uh, uh, Prince George's County uh, in Maryland. Um, he was uh, charged officially with uh, a second-degree assault charge, uh, a... Uh, um, uh, punishable, uh, which and also a misdemeanor, which was pu- punishable by up to ten years in prison. Uh, he also uh, was uh, uh, possibly uh, going to be charged with a first degree assault charge, which was is a considered a uh, felony, uh, which is uh, punishable by up to twenty five years. Uh, but uh, the first degree charge uh, was dismissed. Because they claim they did not have efficient evidence. <laughs> did any? I think somebody should send them the <laughs> videotape uh, of the Showtime uh, broadcast. What do you mean he didn't have sufficient evidence? Are you kidding me? Have you ever heard such a joke, Sal? No. Oh, uh, let me tell you something. I, <laughs> I can't believe it. Definitely not an eyewitness news report. <laughs> Unbelievable that they weasel, they downplay that charge uh, to a uh, second-degree assault charge uh, uh, versus a first-degree assault charge, uh, which is a felony. So they got the misdemeanor. Listen, I predicted from day one that this guy wasn't going to do a day in jail. Um, You know, Dax was came on saying that he was definitely going to go to jail. Coach was saying he was definitely going to go to jail. No, he's going to get off. He's going to be on probation. He'll never be able to uh, do anything with fights again in Maryland. The state of Maryland is just going to say, we never want to see you on our, in our state anymore. So what? Who goes to Maryland? I drive through there. You know, that's about it. No offense to anybody that lives in Maryland, especially my man Scotty Krause. But uh, the bottom line is uh, that's a travesty. If they are really serious about insufficient evidence, what did, what did they got? Ray Charles looking at the videotape, Sal? I mean, come on, man. That's that's terrible. Ter- that videotape has to be enough evidence, right? It sh- it should be, but I just have one question. What is Who is and what does this guy, Mr. Meaner, have to do with it? Mr. Meaner? Yeah. M- Mr. Meaner? What does Mr. Meaner have? Well, Mr. Meaner, he's the cousin of the cousin of Lawson. Mr. Meaner. I thought he looked pretty mean enough. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's his other cousin, Mr. Mean. This his this cousin is Mr. Meaner. So uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know the deal. You know the deal. But I think that that's a travesty. No, that, uh, that this guy. At least listen. I don't think he's going to be doing any time. I never thought he would be doing any time. But at least charge him with the right charge. Then if you're going to throw him a, a deal. You do that afterwards. But at least char- if you're going to go through the motions, like they're going through the motions, at least charge them with the right charge. 
I mean, come on, man. I mean, I... like I said, this guy should be banned from boxing and, uh, you know, not allowed in the, in the stadium because he's unpredictable. Where do you, you know, he cold cocked the fighter. I mean, you don't do that. You have a license to be in a corner. That's a privilege, you you know, and, and uh, to do what you did should be, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, the, the thing is, is that let, let's be real. There's two issues here uh, in terms of legality. You have the first issue is the legal, you know, the by the, yeah. the assault. I mean, you're just not it's allowed all. to. You're not allowed to, you know, legally in this country and state by state, you're not allowed to go punch somebody in the face for no reason. You know, you're allowed to <laughs> oh. defend yourself, but uh, you're not allowed to to punch a guy in the face for no reason, like he did. Uh, you know, this was not. You know, if you if you're talking about, uh, here's why I feel that they should have never reduced the charge. In a heat of the moment, and we talked about this after the fights out. In the heat of the moment, you know, this guy's related to 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 uh, Darrell, uh, and uh, you know, he, he's trying to stick up for the family member. Blah blah blah. Heat of the moment, you go over and you punch a guy while it's still happening. Um, you know, while he's laying on the ground, you know, uh, acting that he's real hurt while he's laying on the canvas. If you punch him, you could say that it was a, a reaction. But this took place, what, 10 minutes after after it was, you know, after the initial uh, uh, late hit, which was also controversial. You know, so, I mean, the guy had a time to, to, to think about it, to think about what he was going to do, to think about what he was going to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know, uh, come on, you know. So, I, I mean, uh, he, he failed to, uh, to do that. And, you know, he went and, and thought about it and then, uh, you know, failed to, to just do it a spur of the moment, went over and thought about it and then sucker punches the guy and then he gets a secondary. I mean, it's clearly first. It first, was premeditated. Definitely premeditated. I, you know, I don't know. And, and so, so that's the first issue, the, the, the legal issue. The second legal issue is the Maryland State Athletic Commission. You know, their job is to protect the fighters. Now, you know, as far as protecting Andre Durrell from a, a punch after the bell, well, that's what Bill Clancy did. If you believe that that was deserved to be disqualified, and that's a whole nother ball game, that's what the, the referee did. He disqualified, he protected Andre Durrell by disqualifying Jose Yu, okay? But what about Jose Yu? He's a fighter. I remember somebody sending me a clip of a fight that took place in some country and they were mad that the fighter beat their country and they're throwing bottles and chairs and they had to, you know, uh, escort this kid out of the ring, you know, to protect him from the fans. You know, I mean, y your job as a commission, Sal, has to be to protect the fighters, both sides. The winners, the losers, Absolutely. even a guy that, that in this case was disqualified deserves to be protected by the Maryland uh, Commission. And they failed to do it. And to even let, yes, they, they suspended him indefinitely. Big deal. He'll never go and have a crab cake in Maryland again. Who cares? You know, right, I, 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 I don't think that it was the right uh, thing to do. They should not have reduced that charge. What's your thoughts? No, they should never reduce their charge. And I'll tell you why. I'm sure you got plenty of attorneys looking to take on uh, Darrell as far as for a lawsuit uh, uh, because uh, for Mr. Yu. In favor of Mr. Yu, because like you just said, the commissioner's job is also to protect the fighters 
and uh, not let a loose cannon in the ring. Well, you know, the IBF still hasn't ordered a rematch yet uh, on that fight, something that I feel they should do. Um, to this day, I, I don't feel that it should have been a disqualification. Uh, I feel that uh, it definitely should have been a point deduction, if not two. Uh, if Andre Durrell continued his uh, Academy Award acting uh, game that he was playing, then they go to the scorecards. But to DQ the fight, uh, Jose was yeah. winning that fight. Uh, Andre Durrell, uh, you know, his camp, uh, the nature of the business. And we heard Larry Hazard say himself on this show that the rest of the camp is problems. When they come into town to do fights and the Durrell brothers are involved, uh, regardless of which one is on the card, there's trouble. There's trouble with, with the team, you know, that they, uh, they act inappropriately. And I think that you need, especially in a sport like this, Sal, you need to make a statement. And this is a great time to do so. Uh, I agree. They, you know, for them to reduce this charge, I think, I think that that's a, just, just another black eye for the sport of boxing. 100% right. That's it? That's all you're going to say? So, well, no, you're 100% correct. I mean, you know, this, this doesn't, like I said, not, not to be extreme, uh, but, yeah, maybe you do have to be extreme in this case. This should have been a charge uh, filed for what it is. Assault and battery, but and, and this guy should be banned from boxing for life. I mean, they've done it before to other other figures in the boxing game, such as Panama Lewis and this one and that one. And I mean, there's no reason that this guy should not have had the book thrown at at him for what you just said, Bill. As an example, because this is something you cannot do. This is something you do not do, and to see it happen live, televised, worldwide, it, it, it's it's uh. It's, it's a shame. It's just devastating, first of all. And uh, to be knocked out, not by your opponent, <laughs> by an uncle, man from uncle, is <laughs> not good. If this, I said, like I said before, if it happened spur in a moment, and, and I'm not saying it would have been right, but if it no, happened it spur. Right, it, but, you know. No, you're right, though. Well, I'm just you're saying, it, right. if it happened, if it happened spur a moment, uh, you know, emotions the got the best the of them. Right, the emotions got the best of them. Sorry, you know, it happened. But this was a guy that went over there, and for them to say they don't have enough evidence is a joke. I mean, all they got to do is watch the tape. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. Well, and, well, you said a big thing right there too, Bill. Had it been a spur of the moment, I mean, there should have been an outcry right there from him saying, hey, I apologize. I got caught up in the heat of the moment. I was emotional. And uh, I apologize. I should never have done that. You didn't hear anything like that. No. He, and, he and, ran away hiding. And and you know what? If he says that, Sal, he probably gets uh, he probably gets a hey, don't worry about it. From from probably from misdemeanor right. or, or maybe a <laughs> word about. It. I understand. Misdemeanor, Mister Minor, whatever his name Mr. is. But the truth of the matter, but the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is that you know maybe maybe it just gets shoveled under the carpet. But instead. You know, he, he, he thinks about it. He plans how he's going to do it. He walks over there like, like a chump, like a punk that he is. He walks over there pretending he's talking to the other trainer, which makes me wonder because I don't know if any of them speak English. But, you know, he goes over there and then all of a sudden hauls off and whacks this guy out of the blue. You know, that's a punk. Dawson is a punk or Lawson is a punk. There's not now that the whole Darrell team is a bunch of punks. 
You know, I, I just I can't. Away or he disappeared in the crowd and, and boom, he's gone for days. Come on, Ray, disguise him. They carry <laughs> got days. He was gone for weeks. He turned himself in. You telling me that they couldn't find this guy? <laughs> they this couldn't guy, find you know, this guy. I mean, come I mean, on. All the sophistication and cameras. And this man, they should be able to follow him right out the door to home. They found <laughs> they found Obama bin Laden easier than him. You know, I mean, uh, you know, come on, man. You know, I mean, uh, give me a break. You know, I, I, I think it's a joke. I think it makes. Listen, boxing has this way of every time it's taking a couple of steps forward, we take a couple of steps back, and the characters that are involved in the sport are solely to blame. This guy, I mean, not only is he a scourge of a human being for doing this, and I'm talking about uh, Lawson, but the truth of the matter is, is that he should have, uh, the, 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 the powers that be should have made a, a, a statement and, you know, nip this in the bud. Find him. Send the people out there. I'm sure that there's people available in the state of Maryland without going and, and perfecting crab cakes, because that's what they're known for, uh, that they could have sent them out to find this guy. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't know how much of an underground uh, hiding situation they had. I, it's, it's, it's comical. And then to come out and say that they reduced the charge from, from a, a felony to a misdemeanor, from a first-degree assault to a second-degree, because there was insufficient evidence. Are you kidding me? I mean, what more evidence do they need aside from a video showing the whole act? They have the video, Sal, from the time he walked from the corner all the way over through the punch. I, uh -huh. I mean, you know, through him uh -huh. throwing the punch. How, how is that not, how, how is that insufficient? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like, uh, do something uh, and tell me it's, uh, do something on my leg and tell me it's rain. Forget about it. Uh, it's, uh, you know. It's a shame. And then, and then uh, you know, the IBF still trying to make up their mind. I, I, you know, basically the IBF is saying, okay, uh, okay, here's the deal. If you want us to order a rematch, we need some coin. We need you to throw us some money. And for you guys that don't want the rematch, you need to throw us some money. So whoever throws us the most money will kind of sway our decision. Come on, man. You know, I, I mean, look, people can say what they want about every sanctioning body. You know, I personally think that the WBA is the worst. They're a joke. And, you know, I, whether you like the WBA, whether you like the IBF, whether you like the WBC, you could say what you want about any of the sanctioning bodies, pro and con. But I will say one thing about the WBC, and I have not been a strong advocate of any sanctioning body, but the WBC is swift with their decisions. Now yeah, I don't yeah. I don't agree with all their decisions all the time, Sal, but they're swift and quick and prompt with making a decision. Something the IBF is failing to do right here. There is no doubt that this should be an immediate rematch type fight. You know, it, there's no doubt that this fight should actually be changed. The decision because of the disqualification and everything that transpired after it transpired after this. I would even consider changing this to a no contest. You know, uh, maybe you can't do that. I don't know. Maybe because Bill Clancy made the decision, it stays as a DQ, uh, becomes a judgment call. I personally don't think it should have been disqualified. But, 
Uh, I could see where, uh, you know, he's in charge. Uh, Bill Clancy's in charge. I mean, we got to accept that. But at least the IBF uh, could, because uh, it was an interim belt on the line, at least the IBF could order an immediate rematch and, uh, you know, go from there. But, again, the state of Maryland uh, changing this from a felony to a misdemeanor, uh, appalling. Final thoughts, Sal? No, you're right. I mean, we could beat it down, we could turn it inside out, we could rip it apart, but it is what it is. And you know what? It just should be uh, It should be black and white. It shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't have to look for films, shouldn't have to look for reasons, this and that. It was uh, something that was disgraceful. It was something that was unexpected. It was something that was just uh, should be punished. It should be set up for an example so no other uh, person in that situation comes up with that idea again. That's all. Well, I think you hit it on the head. This situation, they must set an example. This they must. because they must. If, this if, is this is a precedent. I mean, we we it's probably occurred a dozen times. We just never. I don't know. And I don't know. You just I, you just cut out for a second, but you said it probably happens a dozen times. I mean, it, no, it may have happened in the past that we didn't know of and and see it. But the bottom line is, this was on a, a major fight broadcast and and uh you know it should be used as an example this is not how we conduct our behavior in the sprint in, in in the game of boxing and uh no ifs ands and buts you cannot do this and that's it no i listen you know um by them uh, making a statement here uh yeah. would uh would 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 you know help us in the future you know I would think, you know, I would think that uh, they needed to come down and come down hard. And, and the fact that he, he, he ran away, like you said earlier, uh, and then stayed away and stayed in hiding uh, for for several weeks. Um, I can't believe it. You know, I, you know, I mean, that just made it worse, you know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Had he come out, had he come out emphatically and said, hey, listen, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I never meant it to go that far. Uh, I got caught up at the heat of the moment. I, I, I will take care of your medical bill, whatever you got to do. Uh, I, I just, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sincerely sorry. I apologize to you that I did that to you. You know, the the, the thing is, is unfortunately, un, unfortunately, our legal system basically, uh, you know, sometimes it puts the wrong people behind bars or it comes down really heavy uh, on uh, on an, on an individual that maybe can't uh, you know I can't say it any other way but buy their way out of it uh, and, and then other times it, it does crazy stuff I, I'll tell you a quick non-boxing related thing that happened locally where where I broadcast from my studio there was uh, you guys know I, I I'm I'm on Lake in Lake George New York and uh, it's a uh, tourist uh, lake a beautiful lake one of the most beautiful lakes. Uh, in the world, actually. I mean, uh, it's a natural lake, and if you've never been here or if you've never seen it, punch it up and you'll see what I mean. But there was a boating accident that took place uh, last year, and basically uh, there was this big... Uh, they, they had this event every year, a party, uh, um, uh, at the end of the season, and it started off as just, uh, you know, years ago, it started off just a few boats. Well, anyway, it, it turned into this major, major thing, 600 boats and stuff all hanging out, getting all drunk and drugged up and everything else. And last year, 
there was uh, a family that was, uh, you know, on the lake here from California on vacation, visiting the lake, and they were on a boat, and uh, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. They were, uh, it, was, it was at dusk, and they were, uh, uh, you know, driving the boat back to uh, wherever they were staying, and uh, this other boat coming from the, the log uh, bay party that they always had, like I suggested, uh, under the influence of, uh, it was determined later, under the influence of not only drugs and alcohol, uh, well, not only alcohol, but drugs too. I mean, I guess you can't have any, I guess you can't be under the influence of anything else. But, uh, um, you know, and, and they were speeding and uh, literally uh, crashed into this other boat, went over the boat, killing an eight-year-old girl, maiming the mother, and continued to drive. They did not stop or anything. And um, the result was uh, the driver of the boat got charged, and um, there were people on the scene. They were, they were trying to argue that he had the right of way. They were trying to argue. I mean, listen, it boiled down to the fact, similar in this situation, that these guys, and the boat was loaded with, with people, uh, on some underage drinkers, all this stuff, um, that they should have stopped. And they should have said it was an accident. It happened. It wasn't right. It, it, there was a death involved of an innocent uh, eight-year-old girl, but nonetheless, yeah. it was an accident. But they didn't do that. They ran. They lied. They got lawyers. Okay. They got this. They got that. Well, they finally uh, went to trial, and he was convicted. Uh, of, uh, you know, second-degree manslaughter, and the kid was uh, initially sentenced to 7 to 25 years in jail. Well, it was just announced the other day. Now, this kid comes from a very privileged background. It was just announced the other day that uh, they gave the official sentence, uh, and he's doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, 5 to 10 years. That means he's going to be out in three years. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is, you know, I, this area had a chance to make a statement that to, they will not tolerate this type of behavior. And yet they failed. You know, in my opinion, they failed. You could make the argument that the kid is doing time. He's, you know, he's a young man. You know, his life is put on hold, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the family that I happen to have met uh, that lost their little girl, eight years old? that the, the mother is, you know, uh, not 100% recovered and may never recover uh, from the physical injuries. I mean, how do you compensate that? You know, you need to make a statement. And in cases like this, the Maryland State Athletic Commission and Maryland State itself needed to make a statement. And I know that the outcome hasn't even been determined yet, but I think they're falling short, Sal. You're right, Bill. And uh, it's such a sad, devastating uh, story as far as what you just shared with us. And uh, boy, oh boy, that eight-year-old never could uh, see anything else. And the mother is going to live with that, and her family is going to live with that pain and agony for the rest of their lives. And uh, the guy, he has just five years and uh, probation, maybe. Yeah, but, well, no, uh, I, I know that had nothing to do with boxing, and I and I, and no, I, I, and know, I apologize. It's, it's just, well, like no, you said, but you, you tied it together when you said... Lake George or the community had a chance to set an example so it would probably not happen again or people would think twice before it happened. Like down here, they're very strict on drinking and, dri and driving boats and stuff down here. Um, and again, 
you know, that was an, an opportunity to make precedent and set an example, just like the Maryland State Athletic Commissioner can do with their verdict as far as what they're going to do about this uh, cold cock uh, slap knockdown of this uh, cornerman. Well, the, the, I mean, uh, by the cornerman. The point, the point is that, you know, and again, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to get all depressive with, uh, with the story, but the, my oh. point is, is that, People, we need to take responsibility for actions that we do. And, you know, if, if you make the wrong decision and there's consequences that may, you know, be life-changing, a la, you know, having a, a record for the rest of your life or going to jail or whatever, um, you know, you got to do the right thing sometimes. You know, <laughs> well, you should do the right thing all the time. But um, in, in this case... This guy by running and hiding and then having the state reduce it because they, you know, obtained a lawyer and they probably cut a deal behind closed doors. That doesn't set the right example. It doesn't no. it doesn't paint the right picture. And and for a sport that, you know, the object is to knock your opponent out. Um, the last thing we need to worry about, especially for young fighters to step in the ring, they're trying to focus on one guy. I don't want if I'm a fighter, I don't want to sit and have to you know, kind of scope out the whole team and wonder how I'm going to defend myself if they attack me, you know? I <laughs> mean, I mean, that cut you know. man looks pretty intimidating. I don't know. He's yeah, like, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, that, that, like that, that, that cut man, doctor. that cut man, uh, what's he got? Is that is he going to take that Q-tip and poke my eye out with that thing? You know, I mean, uh, is he going to rub some of that, uh, uh, you know, adrenaline in my eye? You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, but... Uh, is he going to take those scissors and make my glasses really, really wobbly? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. But uh, uh, anyway, hey, Sal, hold that thought. I got some more news uh, coming up, and uh, we'll try and uh, get out of the depression mode here. And, uh, again, I, I didn't mean to uh, oh, uh, hey, make it. it uh, it's a story, and, you know, it's, it's something. And, and hey, I, I just uh, I think, you know, we can move on from it. He's made a good example. And uh, when you come back from a commercial, we'll uh, we'll Let's look at the bright side of things. Sounds good. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, I just want to thank uh, everybody that's uh, watching us on Facebook Live. Um, you know, it's an experimental thing, and, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you like it and want us to continue, drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And uh, for that matter, we'd love to hear from uh, all of our viewers on Holyfield Television. Uh, we are uh, proud to be on uh, Holyfield uh, uh, TV sports programming, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we uh, noticed that... Uh, uh, on the schedule, we are being uh, played uh, several different times uh, on the Holyfield TV schedule. So we're curious to know 
when and uh, you're listening and where you're from or when you're watching and where you're from and all that stuff. Uh, we uh, always like to know uh, where our audience uh, is. So feel free. If you take the time to write us an email, we'll take the time to read it uh, here on air. Uh, so drop me an email, Billy at Tuckin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. And Sal, you know, it just bothers me. You know, I, I was just responding to something in, in uh, one of the uh, comment areas uh, on uh, Facebook Live, and it just bothers me that, you know, people do things and they're not held accountable. You know, you got, you know, how many times do we have to watch video of, uh, you know, some, uh, some guy that or, or woman, you know, getting arrested, getting beat up, getting thrown down uh, because uh, they're the wrong color uh, or uh, they're in the uh, wrong place at the wrong time? Uh, you know, uh, we're watching uh, dastardly deeds by and not all police are bad, but, you know, some of these cops that are trying to get away with stuff and we watch it. We're appalled by it. And then we see them, you know, get away with it, you know. And then yet when you have someone like in this situation, uh, in the Lawson situation where, um, you know, you have full video and we're not talking about some cheesy bank quality video. We're, we're talking about you know, a Showtime high-definition camera that's on this guy. I mean, you know, you can't even say, you can't even say, well, that maybe that's not him. You know, you can't say that. I mean, you got you got all the angles. They had multiple camera shots on him. And then to have the, them come back and say that there wasn't enough evidence? Are you kidding me? I, I just don't understand it. How did they do it? I don't know, but that, that qualifies under beyond the shadow of a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> how how can yeah but you could get you away with I, that I, I don't know i mean let me tell you something bill we live in this litigious society and let me tell you something there are things that attorneys can invent reinvent redefine that will blow yours and my mind out of the water it does not follow the rule of suit or common sense by any way shape or means so, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's right in front of you, and the truth is right in front of you. But like I said, it's going to be re-examined, it's going to be reshaped, it's going to be represented, and it's going to be everything else but what it is. That's the end result. That's where we are today. And you wonder why where we are is what we are, how well, we are. You, well, you know what I always say, wherever you go, there you are. You're there. You know, no, no. there you are. What is it? Because I always mess that up. Where, wherever you go, there you are. Hey, wherever I go, there I am. That's right. Well, that's <laughs> you talking about yourself. Um, I just want to make uh, one other uh, statement here. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Yes. You know, who's uh, really passed up on some uh, good opportunities. And he talks a lot of smack. And I think uh, Chris Eubank Sr. is uh, misleading him. But. Um, Anyway, it was announced yesterday that on July 15th at the Wembley Arena, Chris Eubank Jr. is finally uh, going to fight a pretty pretty tough opponent. In uh, now, remember his losses to Billy Joe Saunders, who you know neither one of us think is uh, you know that dangerous in terms of the middleweight division, maybe for us, but you know. But Chris Eubank Jr. set to fight uh, Arthur Abraham. July 15th, um, Eubank is 24-1 uh, and one with 19 knockouts. 
and uh, Arthur Abraham is uh, forty-six and five. And um, in case you, in case y'all forgot, you know Roy Jones Jr. Uh, top ten hit. Yeah, right. Um, is is actually Eubank Jr. Uh, has the IBO uh, World Super Middleweight title, so uh, he'll be defending that against thirty-seven-year-old Arthur Abraham. Uh, I don't anticipate Eubank uh, uh, going the distance in this one. What do you think? No, I don't think so either. But uh, it should be uh, a good night of work. But uh, we'll see. When's this fight slated for? In July. July. All right. All right. We got a, we got some but decent fights coming up. Got some decent. We fights do. Coming up. We do. Like There's I no... said, we we we've had the whole uh, mechanics and rebooting take place, and they're paying some dividends this year because we're going to see some good fights. And don't forget, if you are going to be uh, heading south uh, next week, or if you're looking for something to do next week. Uh, during the week, uh, stop by uh, Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant. I'm going to be there. Uh, Sal and I are working on a secret project that uh, we, uh, we will uh, be announcing at the end of July. Uh, but uh, uh, I will be there for several days. And, um, you know, stop by and have some dinner uh, next week, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, both great nights to come by Sal's and uh, have a meal. And uh, I'll be there. I'll be the drunk guy sitting in the corner that they're just, you know, intravenously feeding pizza to. Uh, I'm going to give uh, you a little shot of Johnny Walker Blue. There you go. You, I, I left you some last time I was there. Have you checked it? <laughs> no. It's I told bottle. them to put it back in the box <laughs> like it was uh, still full. Uh, you better bottle. check that. You better check it. But uh, anyway, we got our trivia question, Sal. All right. I'm ready. All right. It's a tough one. I've gotten uh, some answers, but none of them are correct. Uh, the deal here, and if you're new to the show, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer uh, at Billy at Talking Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, you'll win the prize. Now, what's on the line is the same simulation program that Alex Papali uses for our Blast from the Past segment, the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, so, if you're the first one, it's a great prize. So, if you're the first one to get this right, it's got to be emailed. Uh, then you'll win a copy. The, here's the question. Before my 20th birthday, I beat four former world champions and lost to another one whom I defeated a month past my 20th birthday. Who am I? It's a who am I question. Before my 20th birthday, I beat four former world champions and lost to another one whom I defeated just a month past my 20th birthday. Who am I? Sal, can you steal the answer and uh, let anybody uh, let everybody know to force me to do another one? Uh, who do you think it is? I think it's uh, um, Jack Dempsey. <laughs> no, not this time, my man. Jack Dempsey is not the correct answer. No, but you did. You, you know what? You did get uh, uh, one of the questions right, didn't you? There was one I that... You got right, but no, this is not Jack Dempsey. Uh, Jack Dempsey, unfortunately, did not fight uh, and beat four former world champions uh, and lost to another one and then defeated that guy a month past his 20th birthday. He is uh, not the guy, but uh, thanks for the answer. <clears throat> so one more question I ask for you guys. If you're the first one to email me correctly, you win the prize. The question is, it's a who am I question. One last time, I'm going to read it. Before... My 20th birthday, I beat four, one, two, three, four former world champions 
and then lost to another former world champion whom I defeated a month past my 20th birthday. Who am I? No hints yet. So uh, good luck to everybody on that one. Programming note, we will not be here on Friday uh, or all of next week. As I uh, have mentioned, we will be, uh, Sal and I are working on a project together and we will be down in St. Simons and we hope to see you down there uh, at uh, Sal's. But uh, on this day, June 6th in 1985, Alfonso Ratliff wins a 12-round decision over Carlos de Leon to win the WBC World Cruiserweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas on this day in 1985. On this day uh, in uh, 1988, a fight that we were actually just talking about, Sal, last week, Iran the Blade Barkley knocks out Tommy Hearns in the third round to win the WBC World Middleweight title, and that took place in Vegas. Uh, Stephen A. Smith used this fight to try to suggest that Conor McGregor actually has a chance of beating Floyd Mayweather uh, in the squared circle. Uh, He used this as an analogy, saying that Tommy Hearns was so much better than Iran Barkley that he took him a little lightly and got caught by a power puncher, and he actually gave Conor McGregor the same kind of chance. Um, I say that... uh, Stephen A. Smith is just trying to help his buddy, Floyd Mayweather, uh, get this fight uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, which I still think it would be a travesty if it's counted as a legitimate fight. And finally, on this day, Sal, June 6th in 1912, Jim Driscoll knocks out Jean Posey in the 12th round to win the vacant British World Featherweight title, and that took place in London. As you guys have learned Uh, Back in those days, uh, they did have several world titles that state-sponsored, and in this case, uh, the Brits sponsored. So um, it wasn't uh, until after that where they uh, uh, got rid of it. So we're always complaining how many titles there were now. Well, there was less weight classes, but there still were several titles uh, out there uh, back then, too. So, hey, listen, that concludes our show for today. Uh, I want you to make sure that you tune in tomorrow morning, same bat time, same bat channel. But until then, I'm going to leave you with this. Ciao, baby.